0: Is this the right choice for you to combine? Yes, (laughs) you should combine when you plan to have a combined future. Welcome to Sincerely Future You, a podcast for female entrepreneurs looking to scale their business by mastering their time, money, and drama. I'm your host, Jessica McKinley, founder of What's Happening Coaching, a life coaching program that helps ambitious women like you make decisions today with the future you in mind. Hi, Hapsters! How are you today? Is it Friday? Are you listening on the day that this podcast comes out? If not, what's going on? First of all, where are your priorities? Second of all, it's actually fine. I'm just kidding. We have a very exciting day planned for you. Very exciting episode. My favorite human on the planet is on with us. Mark, you hear me talk about him a lot, but what you don't know, maybe don't know about him is that he actually started out before you know we lived together or anything like that as my pop-up CFO. Uh, he really helped me manage a lot of the finances in my business and do a lot of planning. And now, since we have combined our futures and combined our life and are having a child together, we have a shared bank account. We have all of these combined finances. And I'm constantly taking the things that I've learned in my relationship with Mark and helping my clients to apply these same things. Finally, to the point where I was like, I need to do a podcast episode on it. And I also wanted you really to hear from him. For those of you who are either hesitant to combine finances or have a relationship where it's maybe not a romantic relationship, but a business relationship where you have some combined finances and you have some differing ideologies, how you navigate that, the conversations you need to have, and just a check-in to see if you're avoiding these challenges, because I think avoiding it just makes it end up an, in an explosive situation or really just a breakdown that's completely avoidable and unnecessary. So I wanted to have him on so that you can hear if it is a partner that you have that maybe isn't an entrepreneur or maybe is an entrepreneur and you want to um, have them listen to this episode with you, or you know someone else who is an entrepreneur who is struggling with this in their relationship, please send them this episode. I think it'll be so helpful for you to hear Mark's uh, perspective of it, right? This is not about me being like, this is how I got Mark to see the light in my way. This is really about how the two of us have collectively Figured out how to meld our ideologies and how to make a salaried employee mindset and a. He also was an accounting major, right? So he's very, very numbers focused to the entrepreneur way of building a business, which is a little bit about making numbers up in the future and then reverse engineering them. Which is very uncomfortable for a lot of people who just don't have to think like this ever. So cannot wait for you to hear from him before. I just wanted to give you a little update what's going on personally. Love to give you some updates in the intro next week. I'm going to be in Kentucky for, uh, the 200 K mastermind with Stacey Beaman, which I've told you guys about before, uh, some of the best life coaches in the world. It's going to be about, I think about a hundred of us that are coming together from all over the world in all different fields of life coaching. And we set up our businesses and our business plans for the next six months. And we workshop and we execute them. And it's critical thinking to its max. And it's also fun to the max. And I can't wait. I've never been to Louisville before. And I always experienced, I always imagined my first experience of Louisville to include lots of bourbon and fancy hats. And that will not be the case here, unfortunately, because- for obvious reasons, no bourbon, but it's going to be great nonetheless. So very excited about that. As you can tell, I'm feeling so much better. You guys, This, these are all like live recordings because I'm alive again. So they're not, uh, you know, recordings that are coming from months ago or, or even years ago. I'm, it's just so glad I'm so glad to be back. But if you're currently listening and you're in quarantine and in the COVID life, don't worry, just binge the podcast. It's temporary. We'll, we'll get through it. I'm here for you though. Cause I was just miserable during the, that time. So I'm sending you all the love and the tea and well, figurative tea, I'm not going to send you tea unless you DM me. Maybe I will, but Without further ado, let's dive in. I can intro you to my main man, Mark. Welcome. Thank you for, for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thanks for joining. <laughs> wait, so, uh, wait, no, I just said thanks for joining. I'm happy to be joining. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I say. Yeah. Thanks uh, for me yeah.
0: joining my own podcast and yeah, you yeah. hosting me. No, Two
1: times. Two times. I'm pretty excited about that.
0: I know. You're actually, you might be my only two-time guest. You should feel very honored.
1: I am honored. Yes.
0: But yeah, our last podcast episode, if you haven't listened to it, uh, we just talked in general about what it's like to date an entrepreneur. And that was a very popular episode. So if you haven't listened to that, go back to that episode, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But Mark and I did talk about more just general things that happen when you're, when you're dating an entrepreneur and the struggles that you have. But today we're going to be talking about modern combined finances and really specifically, is this the right choice for you to combine? My opinion, and I am going to state it here, is yes, you should combine when you plan to have a combined future. I'm not saying that you can't have separate savings account or checking accounts on the side, but we are going to be talking about ways to help your finances match your collective vision for your future together. So before we dive into like the nitty gritty, I did just want to give you a chance, Mark, to tell people a little bit about you and your, your childhood experiences with money and your, your how you were raised, because I think that that has really been something that's come up between the two of us that's differed. So tell us.
1: Yeah, no, thanks. So those of you who don't know, if you didn't listen to the, the, the previous episode that I was on, but my dad actually is an entrepreneur as well. I, I currently work for the company. Uh, it's a it's a pet shipping worldwide pet shipping company uh, that him and a partner started about 20 years ago. But so you know he's always had that mentality of a of an entrepreneur. So those kind of thoughts about money management and and things like that were instilled in me and my brother at a very young age. The thing I remember most as a child is you know whenever we got our allowance. The importance that he put on us using a little little notebook or notepad, creating a general ledger of money in and money out, and it's very rudimentary. Obviously, you get five dollars for cleaning and, and doing uh, the dishes or, or taking out the garbage for your allowance, and then if you want to spend it on things, what did you spend it on? And then you have debits, you have the the ins, and then you have the outs, the credits, and and kind of the combined kind of monitoring and, and understanding of where you are financially. Again, as a as a kid, did I appreciate it as much? No, did I do it? Sometimes, you know, every now and then. But now, you know, kind of looking back and seeing, you know, that being instilled in me at such a young age, you know, obviously it had an impact on you know my my money management as a as a teenager going into college, and then obviously as a professional now. I mean, I went to school as you mentioned as an accounting major, so it obviously had some sort of impact on on my uh, desires, uh, you know, for future growth and whatnot. So. So yeah, no, I think when it comes to my ability and my uh, desire to sort of understand my financial position and 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 manage it appropriately, I think that definitely comes from the the teachings that I got from, from my dad early on.
0: And to me, like what always came up, which is something that I did not experience is you guys talked about money like all the time, like you and your brother and your dad just had more conversations about money than I ever had. If I did have conversations, it's not that I didn't have conversations with my my dad about money, not really my mom, because my mom was at home really with us. And with my dad, it was more vision money conversations. It was more, hey, if you want this lifestyle, you're going to have to Earn, you have to work hard. You can create any amount of money that you want. You know, there are no limitations, that type of thing. We did talk about money in terms of like my money philosophies were very rooted in like money is always available to you. You can always make more. Like my I had those beliefs, and we did talk about that. It wasn't like a hush-hush subject, but I was not involved in conversations about, hey, this is the money that you got for your birthday, what are you going to do with it? And here's the value of saving it versus spending it. And I think just having those conversations at a young age and all of the time, and you guys talk all the time and you have a text thread about like different investments and what you're doing with your money. And I just think women don't have this enough. They're just, especially young girls, they're not clued into these conversations. And I, I'm envious. Like, I wish the math was more a part of my childhood. Not that I'm even saying I would have been like super receptive, but I think that a lot of times what I hear is people being like, well, my daughters just don't care about that. But it's like, yeah, but... You didn't care about that when your dad was making you do a ledger. Like you didn't want to do it. It was just more like, yeah, but you're going to have to understand this. And I don't think the same emphasis is put on women. So I just want to say that for my listeners. If you have kids, if you have daughters and sons, I want you to be having these conversations and treat them the same, both in the vision aspect of like generally having positive money mindset, but also specifically about the math. So Mark is a numbers guy. He's always been very familiar with seeing the numbers and making decisions from the numbers. I'm not, I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't, even in my young adulthood, I made decisions based on my belief in my ability to just always create more money or make it work. So that really came, I don't want to say clashed, but like that definite mindset was something that we had to navigate. So I guess really where I want to go from here is talking about the main things that, you know, you and I discussed when we were prepping for this podcast of like the keys to, you know, a great relationship in combining modern finances. So the one thing we talked about was communication and that's goes means a couple of things. So number one, the day to day. So can you just tell people like what the evolution has been of our like day to day conversations about money and what it is now and like any struggles that you saw come up?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, this has always been something that's been so important to me and and I've always been the type of person who can, you know, I can tell you within, you know, a couple of dollars how much money is in each of my accounts in my investment accounts, savings, not right. checking because I do look at it and I care about it and I, and I monitor it on a regular basis. So um, I'm able to look at those things and understand that. So when I'm making decisions, as you said, I can see what's in the account. I'm very visual. So I understand and I understand what's to come and what's coming through. That's the way that I've always done it. I I, I enjoy looking at the accounts. And then when I think about the way that you do it um, and the way that you teach all your, all your clients about, which is, it's just such a great tool, the, the YNAB so you need a budget tool, you know, different ways of looking at it, but both get to the same result. But it's so funny because our communication now about it is, you know, things will hit the account obviously first, and then it takes a day or two to hit the YNAB account. So, you know, so I'll see, a, I'll see a check, get cash for a holiday gift that we gave to uh, the mailman, right. It's $50. And I'll be like, Oh, just so you know, you know, tomorrow you're probably going to see a $50 charge come through or a check. That's the mailman thing because, you know, she's going to see that you're going to see that and you're going to say, well, what is this? You know? So, it actually allows us the way that we're doing it now it actually allows us to have open conversations about the flow of the money but then also like we both have eyes on it mm-hmm. um, which I think is is really important because you know if you're somebody who doesn't again I am the type of person who monitors and looks at these things and say I don't think I spent that, that money so you know what is what's driving that having two people doing that will not only just you know create you know a better understanding of your money but you know we're in a we're in an age where technology and hacking and and you know people can steal your credit card information or things like that that type of stuff can get you know taken out from under you so understanding and monitoring those things uh, is such a key thing to prevent that that type of negativity in your accounts from happening
0: i think that's so true right the checks and balances and what he's talking about for those of you who haven't listened to any episodes on budgeting i i teach my clients a specific mindset around money and money mastery, but in terms of spending and saving and investing, all of those decisions that we make for your business and personal are informed by a tool that I back 100% and I'm not an affiliate for it, even though I wish I was, is You Need a Budget. So 10 out of 10 recommend, that's just a great plug. They also have a podcast, the You Need a Budget podcast. You should check them out. But this tool essentially allows you to just always understand if you have the money, not just like what you've spent, which is how most people look if they're looking at the accounts, which is how Mark does it. But for an entrepreneur who needs to be thinking about the future a lot, it keeps you future focused. It it lets you see, okay, towards a future specific goal. And Mark does a lot of this in his head. So I'm not saying he doesn't think about the future. He definitely does. But that works doing that stuff in his head for him by himself. Now that we have things combined and if you're combining a an account, you can't just make decisions about what you're going to do in your head, right? There needs to be some math to look at so that when you're having a conversation, it's not just like emotional and based in feelings. I'm like, I feel like we don't have enough money for the holidays coming up. It's like I'm telling you right now based on what all of our expenses for December and the projects we want to do and what we have budgeted for Christmas presents, we should not go out to dinner tonight. (laughs) And it's like that simple, right? It's like, if we go out to dinner tonight, and it's $100 for the bill, that money that's not budgeted will end up coming out of somewhere that's already been future budgeted, right? So that's the general concept of up. So he looks at it from the... Sorry
1: sorry to interrupt, but just so from a communication standpoint, I think you and and us being able to have that open line of communication and saying something like that saying hey the way we're tracking this is what these are some some ways in which we should adjust our our day to day or you know over the next short term is so important because if you if you know that in your head and then we do go out to dinner you're stressing about it in your head and i'm right. thinking everything's fine right so that open level of communication is so important because to your point earlier, if you let these things build up in your mind about you feel like you're stressed about it or I feel like we're stressed, I'm stressed about it, but the other person doesn't understand the kind of the situation that you're feeling and that you're in, eventually, as it always does, things will come to a head and there will be mm-hmm. some sort of fireworks and usually not not very good fireworks that end in a shouting match or, or some sort of Feud. And yeah. I'm not saying between us, but I'm just saying in general, like whenever if something's bottled up for long enough, it explodes. And then it usually is pretty incendiary. So uh, sure. prevent, preventing stuff like that from happening uh, by just having constant communication and, and expressing any concerns that you have, potential concerns that you may have, I think is just the most important thing to do.
0: So communication matched with whatever tool like you're using to track and have math is like essential. And like you said, Mark and I talk about. Money every day, but it's a very like it's just like a a routine conversation. It's like, oh, what do you want for lunch? Like, it's like, oh, did you get the mail? Like, it's so neutrally fused emotionally, and like he said, like there have been many times where I have something stressed that I'm stressed about, but the stress is just coming from my thoughts about the money and the way that I'm thinking about it. He sees the same money. And he has a different thought about it. So when we have this conversation, it's happened recently where I was stressed about something and he's like, here's why you don't have to be stressed about this. And he showed me where he, his plan was for where this money was going to come from. He reminded me of other money that we had coming in that I just wasn't aware of. For example, like a bonus for him that was going to be coming through or, you know, cash that we had that I hadn't thought about or um, you know, a bill that's recurring that actually just was already paid that i I didn't see or something like that that I was expecting to come out was budgeted for so it can be pulled from there. So having those extra eyes and those checks and balances, I'm like, oh, okay, and i I'm able to feel calmer, but without the math, I would just be like, it's not enough, right? And it just it creates that ma- massive lack. and there's no there's no facts backing it up. So you do need the tracking and you need the day-to-day can you also talk just really quickly about how the other level of communication is us prioritizing things? So like, how do we set our priorities and how did that happen? Like as an entrepreneur, I have different priorities for the money than you do. And you're thinking about like the home and our expenses. And I'm thinking about the home, our expenses and my Business expenses, which may or may not affect what my income is. Because, as you know, entrepreneurs listening, your income isn't the same every month. So, I know that I've had a lot of clients tell me that their biggest concern about combining finances is that they're not, they don't have a predictable income and they're worried about the conversations that will happen when, if, and when the income is lower than it was a previous month. So like, let's talk about just a specific example of when that happened, maybe. Sorry,
1: a specific example of of what in particular?
0: So I'll give an example. So basically when Mark and I first started dating and spending things together, we didn't have a combined bank account. I was making less than him. I was building my business. I was in like a massive, It wasn't even like, it was this year like twenty twenty one right? Like early on in twenty twenty one I think I was making an average of, oh my gosh, I don't even know, like six thousand seven thousand dollars like was like my highest at that point. And then I had a twenty three thousand dollars month in November, right? So it's like when we first were doing things, our expenses were not even. Like we had agreed upon okay, this is what I'm going to contribute towards rent. This is what you're going to contribute towards rent. And then there were certain things that you generally paid for like groceries, like we kind of alternated and we split all those things. But if we went out to dinner, it was kind of like you paid for us going out to dinner. We had talked about those things in general, but I was really hesitant to want to combined finances because, and I, I need to say this because I know a lot of my clients say it. So that means a lot of my listeners might have the same feeling is that for smart, ambitious women, a lot of our self-worth may falsely be coming from us trying to prove our self-worth to ourselves by being independent from a man with money. And I want to just say right now that combining your finances and combining your future plan and having the money not always be exactly the same, but being on the same page about it is not you depending on them, right? It's like you're a team and you're on the same team. And I think that's something that Mark and I believe so fundamentally, but he has helped me remember all the time is like, this is not. Me spending my money and you, like we have talked about, the fact that we think about the money that's in our combined account as our money, and we make decisions together about how it's going to be spent, right? Yeah, for sure. Tell me. Sorry, no,
1: no. I was just going to say, I think that it's so exactly what you're saying. I think it's just so important, though, to make sure that you know your your point about if if people aren't making the same. Right, so in the early days, obviously, we weren't necessarily making the same from a monthly perspective. Because I have a more corporate job that's more stable monthly income versus yours that could fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Again, it com- comes down to even if, even if there's times when you're feeling a little bit stressed, or or if I'm, you know, one month where I'm looking at things and things aren't coming in, it, it all boils back down to that level of communication, and it, and it can feel like an awkward conversation to have, but it's going to be way more well, it probably supersedes awkwardness at the point if you let it go even further, and it will just actually be damaging. Um, it's yes. better to, it's better to have a preemptive, potentially awkward conversation than let things get to a point where it you know it it feels like you're defensive and attacking. It's just yeah, it, it, so I just want to reemphasize how important it is just to whatever you're feeling, make sure the other person knows about it. And like, like the example is, so, you know, obviously you do things using YNAB and I'm, I'm more visual um, the way that I've ha- always done it in the past. And, you know, you there was definitely times when you tried to, you know, get me to come over to, to the YNAB world and, and kind of forget about the way that I do it. But I think, you know, I expressed my opinion about how I like to do things. You expressed the way you did. It, and we just got to a nice compromise of, all right, well, this is how we're going to coexist in the two different ways that we do it. You know, if I just didn't express my feeling about it and I just stopped doing it the way that I did and I moved into YDAP, maybe I would have some, some thoughts about that. And, and I did have thoughts. So expressing those to you when I had them just ultimately got to a much healthier result. Um, yeah. So w- whenever it comes to potentially having awkward conversations, what I'd say is have them because have it's going to ultimately them. lead to a more successful union really in the end.
0: I agree. And I, I think also like having conversations as soon as possible has been our strength because for example, when I got pregnant and I was really sick, I had to start making decisions in my business about how I was going to show up when I was sick and how I plan to show up all the way in the future when the baby's born in end of June about like what I'm going to do for maternity leave. Am I going to hire other coaches to come in? Which I am. It's going to be so great. Can't wait. And then also, like, do I plan to not be selling during this time? Do I plan to have less income certain months? So I made the decision after being sick for a really long time from mid-November to December to not make new revenue. So I knew that my revenue was capped at a certain amount, which was going to be less than typical. So I knew I was going to get behind on my budgeting for taxes and behind on my budgeting towards the mastermind, the next round of the mastermind, which I still plan to do. And as soon as I realized this, I had a conversation with Mark that I knew was going to be uncomfortable. I was like, I just want you to know the baby's going to be born. I'm going to have been making less money, probably, likely, Just worst case scenario, which is so funny because I was prepping him for like a low January and that just hasn't been the case. (laughs) Like January is going to be great, but I was preparing him for like worst case scenario. I was like, haven't been selling, might take a little bit more momentum to gain these types of clients. Like, this is what my plan is clued him in and said, and just so you know, I will be paying $25,000 regardless of what my revenue was in the six month time. And his brain goes, what like that doesn't add up if the money is not there how are you going to spend it <laughs> right like like this is how a non-entrepreneur brain thinks and it, i'm so understanding of this and i knew this was going to happen because he doesn't have to make decisions like this for the next 3 years of investment in his business so I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to have this conversation now so that we can troubleshoot everything. So he's not taking it back. When a week before the 25k comes out, I'm like, hey, by the way, this is coming out, this is where we're at. We might have to take it alone. I'm just letting you know, or can we take out more money from our personal account or from our savings? Which he feels very uncomfortable doing, understandably, because it's never been something that he's ever done before, right? And he thinks of that as an emergency fund, right? Which you know, is one way to look at it. And for me, an emergency fund is like, "Oh, I'm growing a human and was incapable of working for two months. This mastermind is an essential part of my three year plan towards a million dollar business. This is what it's for. So we just had to have those conversations. and can you can tell, I want you to like, just be so honest about the emotional roller coaster that you went through when we had this conversation
1: yeah, no, it it, it definitely was a roller coaster for sure. um having i'm I've just always been the person to to want to prepare for, you know potential unknowns. And I know you're saying, as your example was that this is one. And you're right. To a degree, it is. I think from my perspective, I just wanted to make sure. And ultimately, I think we got here, got to this point in the conversation. It was like, well, listen, our the way we live our lifestyle right now of you know if we want to do something, we typically we typically do it because we we feel comfortable in our. Uh, abilities to manage it financially. If it's, you know, going somewhere or going out to eat, like you were saying, or or going to a show or, or doing something like that, you know, we we typically do it. So in my opinion, it was like, okay, listen, if if the priority, again, this is sort of coming back to talking about priorities. If the priority is, you know, if you're making, I'm making numbers up, but if you make $5,000 in a month and we have bills that we have to pay, but you also want to contribute, continue to contribute to this $25,000 goal in the future, then we have to look at other ways in which we typically do spend and we have to kind of adjust in those ways. So that's where the conversation, you know, that was second level of the conversation. The first level was, yeah. well, I don't think you should be investing into that and again or anymore because the money's not there. So where are we taking that from? So that was kind of the first level. And then again, you, you were very clear and honest and communicative of, no, 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 this is actually a non-negotiable. So how are we going to figure out how we're going to manage this in another way? So then it got to solution-oriented discussions and, and thoughts about, okay, well, then maybe we we focus on cooking more in the house and we get more groceries instead of going out, you know, and maybe we don't get as many Starbucks runs or, you know, these are, these are
0: small that things. That hasn't too. happened yet.
1: Has not happened we yet. We still go no. to
0: Starbucks all the time. <laughs>
1: That's his Calvin that's because Calvin wants a chocolate chip uh, croissant but anyway so but we we try our best to to look at the ways in which we can reduce some spending and you know these sound like little things, but they do add up eventually when mm-hmm. you look at if you'd be shocked, I'm sure a lot of people would if you don't look at how much you spend on certain things and then you take a step back and look at how much you spend on, you know, going out to a bar or or coffee or going out to at restaurants and eating like that. You know, those things add up really quick and there can be impactful savings there if you're prioritizing other things in the short term. So And if you're having those
0: conversations going. that far in advance, like this next round of paying for the mastermind won't be until like, I don't even know, like June or something, July maybe. So I was like, I just- I knew because I had this tracking system currently this, this two months that I decided to make less revenue, this is probably going to have an impact, but what I, I wanted to prepare him for worst case scenario. And then two things, number one, I wasn't presenting it as if, and if you don't understand this and you don't get this, I'm offend. I'm going to be offended. It was, I totally make room for you to be not under uh, understanding of this like however long it takes us to get on the same page i'm going to give to you like i've been thinking about this for a lot longer this is the first i'm bringing it up to you you don't you're not in the day to day of my business you don't understand how valuable the mastermind is to me so just 25k is going to feel way more when you don't understand the value and i get that because i didn't always think that 25k purchase was just like, duh, versus crazy. Like I used to think the same thing. Right. And so Mark has with, with coaching as an example, he has gotten on board. We'll talk about that in, in a minute, but I think that it's really important for you to understand that having these conversations early doesn't mean bullying your partner into like just agreeing with you. It means totally making room for whatever emotions come up for them, because that's going to happen. They're going to feel uncomfortable. They might feel threatened. I mean, think about this. When you're talking about money, your brain goes, if we don't have money, we can't live. We're going to die. So if you're upsetting the balance of the way they do things, it's natural for them to have an immediate reaction that feels maybe big. To you, so like expect that when you're having these conversations, and I, I very much expected that, and I was just like so loving and compassionate of like, hey, the fact is is that I'm gonna do this no matter what, but not like I'm gonna do this and this is the way I'm gonna do it no matter what. I was like, I this is a non negotiable for me, so here are the options as I see them, and then I want you to weigh in. A, we can take some from savings. B, we can reduce our expenses. C, I can see what I'm at. I can earn more and just create a plan and hopefully make it up and earn more. And essentially, I think that's what's going to end up happening. I don't think this is going to be a problem, but when I prepare for it, I'm able to take my energy, my brain space off of worrying. And I could just get back to earning, which is what I've been able to do quickly in January because Mark and I got on the same page so quickly. wasn't just zapping my energy of like fear and worry every month about it's not enough. It's going to stress out Mark. This is going to be a problem in our relationship, which I know really affects you guys on a day to day. So, and then the final thing was My backup plan of like, if you really, really don't feel comfortable taking any money or reducing our expenses, and that's not what you want to do, I am willing to take out a business loan. I'm just letting you know, this is why I think that that's the least Financially responsible thing for our collective future because we'll have interest that will affect us, will affect you. So, this is why I'm arguing for this case. And ultimately, we did get on the same page of like, okay, step one, just try and earn more, which is pretty much what I do every time anyway. But if you don't, we're going to also simultaneously maybe pull back on our expenses a little bit here, there. We'll talk really the main thing that we agreed upon was home projects. We just bought a house and we have a million home projects we want to do. And one is just like an eyesore right in our living room. We decided we wanted to do like a fireplace in the wall and like a stone thing. And we just like half did the project in like the first three days and left it like the paint is different colors. And it's it's just crazy. And it's going to be a couple of thousands of dollars. And every time Mark gets a quote, that's like our dream thing that we know we want to do. I'm like, it's not in the budget and it's not the priority yet. And so what did he do today on his like lunch break? He was like, I'm just going to touch up this paint real quick and just paint it so that it's like visibly okay. Because we got on the same page that we weren't going to invest in that in the next month, maybe. Right. And so I think having those conversations soon and just being really loving and compassionate about like, if the other person's like, I really want to do it. Like that's okay. Like I get it. There've been times where Mark tells me, I don't think this is a good idea. And I'm like, wait, like give yourself the time to be whiny about it for a second and give your partner that space too to like go through the emotions of something that wasn't their plan. Right. So ultimately I think this is about transitioning into thinking about your collective future instead of like your plan versus their plan, your money versus their money our, my income is going to fluctuate as most entrepreneurs do. And that's not a problem. I don't see that as a problem. I just see it as, you know, a, an obstacle that is a part of our grand collective future plan. And I also see it as my responsibility to bring every obstacle that I see towards our future wealth and health and greatness to Mark so that we can have this discussion together as soon as possible. And I I expect the same thing from him that he talked to me about it. And we hold each other accountable. If we see something that doesn't add up for us, we're like, hey, what's going on here? I see these certain spendings. This is how I feel about it. And then we'll give each other the opportunity to have that conversation out. Yay. Okay. What else do you want to tell them about? Well, oh. the one, thing,
1: I, well, the one thing that I think is, you know, obviously, I, I'm in a unique situation in that, you know, you've your your commitment to investing in yourself has been made very clear from the beginning, um, mm-hmm. which again plays into the communication uh, level of communication. But also, every time that you have done it, you've re, you've achieved, and in some cases, overachieved the specifically in this case, since we're talking about you know finances, your financial goals associated to that investment. So now it's like when you, when you, whenever you bring a new uh, investment to my mind, I'm like, oh, I want to fight this. But it's just like, is it worth fighting? Because the last time I fought it, she still did it and she doubled her income. So it's sort of like, you know, thinking about things like that, it's like, you've done such a great job. And this is just commending you of like, put your money where your mouth is. You literally like you say, this is what it's going to re- this is what it's going to achieve and it's achieved it. And so now moving forward it's like, oh all right, well here we go again. It's like I'm not even going to waste my energy anymore because <laughs> it's not worth it because a it benefits her because she's you're getting the the development and the growth that you want and b, you know, if your income continues to double every time you invest in yourself, that's obviously good for our future as well. So <laughs> I know, I know, believe me, this one even though it was five times the investment as your first time you invested in yourself. The first t- the first time you invested in yourself was actually the harder one for harder. me as well. Because like it was like it all an all in, no proof of the of the evidence. But at the same time, while having that proof of past experiences is obviously helpful, you really have to, from from the person, from my person's perspective, you can't have a conditional willingness to kind of grant someone or or give someone the blessing of doing something. Because like, if I said, okay, you can do this, but only if it works, it's like, no, 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 no. Like Mm -hmm. if you're going to say, if you're going to feel comfortable in saying, okay, I'm with you on this, you have to be with them, with them, whether or not they achieve the goal or not. Otherwise it's just, A, it's putting probably undue pressure on the person who actually is going through it. But B, it's not really giving them the full vote of confidence, like vote of confidence. Like you have to actually say, I'm with you on this. And if it doesn't work, we'll figure it out kind of thing. Thankfully, yeah. thankfully, like I've said, it has worked out every time exponentially. So, you know, you've done such a great job of, of achieving those goals. But, you know, even if it doesn't work out one time, that's not going to change the opinion of this has still been good for you um, and still something that, you know, you want to continue to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, first of all, what I will say about like setting a goal and just achieving a result is like the model is so helpful there, right? It's like you put something in the R line. This is what I'm going to create. I'm very clear about that. Like we do this with my clients. We just have, okay, this is, what is the result? What's the number that you want to create for this investment to be worth it to you? And then create your action plan, your feelings plan, and your belief plan in order to get there. And that is a very specific process that we do and it works every time. And the other thing I was going to say too is about that is that like part of being able to create those results did come from me having those conversations so clearly and going best case, worst case, and like being honest about that because I didn't tell Mark, listen, I'm going to invest. I I do remember, I completely agree that first conversation I had about like investing $5,000 when I was not even making that. Like, I remember you were like, that's your whole savings account. Like, this is terrifying. You were terrified for me. And you were like, are you sure? Can't you just do this on your own? And I was like, you don't understand. It's not the point. Like I could, and I do believe that I could do it on my own, but the speed at which you grow when you are having your mind managed is exponential. And it's proven true time and time again for me. And so it's like, yes, I could do it on my own. That's not the point. But also once I was clear and I had been clear with Mark and I had had all those conversations, prepared him for worst case, I invest. I don't make any of the money back by this time. Best case, I invest. And this is what I could potentially make, these are some of the other stats and the thing, this is what is realistic, I think. And then this is what my actual goal is. And then showing up to the plan that I had allowed me to like relax into the process and really focus on the process. Cause Mark knew everything, all the, all the scenarios. So like having those conversations, I just can't say enough of like, that it was a challenging conversation. I think there might've even been some tears, like it's scary and I get it. And whether you're investing in a coach or you're investing in branding or you're investing in you know, a, a studio space or something like that, like, I don't think that that is, it it matters. It What matters is that you have the conversations, you're prepared, you have a plan A, you have a contingency plan, and you just understand what all scenarios require of the both of you. And then you allow each other to feel whatever you feel about it in the process. And so I think like, you know, it is hard to have those conversations with your significant other when you're about to make a big investment, but whether it's a big investment or a little investment you're not always going to see eye to eye. And if you have the math and you are open with each other, I think that it's just, and you are on the same team, right? Like that's the mantra all the time. Like we're on the same team. We have the same goals. We both want to make lots of money. We both want to do everything we want to do. And we both want to do it as quickly as possible. So it's like, if we have a different way of belief of getting there, we just need to talk about it. And I do want to just mention that Mark and I were playing a game a while back. It's like a couple's like question game. And it was like, what's the sexiest thing, sexiest non-sexual thing about your partner? And I was like, for Mark, I was like, definitely the way he is around Calvin, like so sexy, like just to see a man who's like so good with kids. I love it. And Mark said,
1: you budgeting and your financial management. Yeah. That's probably unique to me though, because I care so much about that. But still, it was, it was the answer that I gave. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I just think it's so fun because it's like, if my parents are listening to this episode, I still think they can't wrap their brain around how good I am with money and numbers now, because this is still fairly new. So if you're listening to this episode and you're like, this just isn't me, it's not my personality, I'm not good with numbers, I'm not good with math. Stop saying that about yourself because I had that same story and you just need to commit to a process, learn a process and decide that it's going to work for you because this is not, it's not hard and it's not something that is only suited to a certain personality type. So wanted to share that for you. If you are thinking about combining finances I definitely recommend you do it. If you are listening and you're like, Wineab sounds great. You should check them out. If you are listening and you're like, I just need help figuring out the best way to know my numbers so I can make investments and all of this and have these conversations, set up a discovery call with me, get in happening sessions. You know, March 1st is going to be the next, the launch of the group. We're going to be talking about all things, earning, spending, saving, having, investing, giving, And it's going to be super great. So just some takeaways that like I really wanted to say for me, and then I'll let you like close it out is that it's important as the entrepreneur in the relationship to really be understanding of about how someone with a salary thinks they're going to be looking for evidence. They're going to be looking to the past to make, inform their decisions. And that is not what I teach. And that is not how entrepreneurs think, but it's also not wrong. Okay. It's not a problem that they think like that. So we make space for it. This has worked for them. Like acknowledge that the way that they do things maybe has worked for them. I mean, if your partner really doesn't have good finances like Mark, or they don't have a system at all, maybe you do jump in together with the system of WinUp, and then you'll have less uncomfortable conversations because you'll just have the same system. But ultimately you'll still have the same emotions that come with having big discussions about money. It's not the way of an entrepreneur because we're constantly building things that we've never done before. We, we have to always be thinking about the future numbers that don't exist yet. So I just wanted to say that that's like really my, my biggest takeaway about, uh, combining finances with Mark is that like, there's going to be differences and that's not a problem. It's just something to navigate. Do you have any, uh, last notes?
1: Just, I mean, you know, obviously just emphasizing, again, the importance of communication and kind of echoing your point, just because if you have a conversation with someone and you disagree or their opinion isn't changed as a result of the conversation, it doesn't mean that they're not hearing you or that they're not listening or that you're not communicating it in an effective way you can have, you can express every point and I can express, or anybody can express any point that they want to express. And there's just a chance that there's going to be a differing of opinion on it. So I think understanding that, and if that is the case, kind of then being like, okay, well, this is where we're at. What is the next step? Because we coexist and there is a, we, you know, we need to figure out something. And if there's a compromise that can be made great. If there's, you know, adjustments that need to be, that need to be made, then excellent. Let's, let's talk through those. Um, but again, it all boils down to that level of communication and making sure that you're both on the same page with goals, priorities, fears, and, and anything like that. So, you know, don't be afraid of having the conversation because it's going to, it's going to be much more difficult in the future uh, if you, if you wait too long.
0: Yeah. And get all the math there too, to have these conversations. Cause that's something I don't think we've harped on enough is like Mark and I, when we come to conversations, we come to the conversation with facts and math to help us back ourselves up when emotions run high. Also, one thing I didn't say before was that you wanna be having these conversations in advance so that you can be having the conversations when emotions are running low. When there aren't like problems, (laughs) you wanna be like having the conversations now because the longer you wait, the more emotions build up. And when emotions are running high, it's less likely you're gonna come to a solution. So sometimes Mark and I will just say like, I think we just need to take a break from this conversation or like to come back to this when We're not so emotional because we're not, we're not spitting facts right now. Like we just need to be like getting back to the facts and be like you said, like solution oriented, like at the end of the day, something's going to have to happen. So what's our solution? Like we say that all the time, like, all right, well, I understand like you're mad. I disagree. What's the solution? Like that's the only thing that we can talk about that will help us get back on the same page. So I I think it's so fun to have controversial conversations. I would love your feedback if you're listening to this and you're like, absolutely not. I don't believe in combining finances. 2022, have everything separate. I would love to hear like why? Because I think that you can be a very independent, like I I still do everything I want to do. Like Mark's never like, No, you can't like, it's just a matter of, Hey, this is what I want to do. I understand that this probably sounds crazy to you because you haven't thought about that. I'm going to do it. How are all the ways that we can get on the same page that make the most sense for us collectively. So it's like combining our finances doesn't have to be you like conforming to some 50s society beliefs or anything like that doesn't have to mean you are relying on the other the person who's making more money for example it just means that you are starting to shift and transition into thinking about your money the same way you think about your future together right so thank you so much babe for coming on and sharing all your wisdom with us and for being so gracious in the, my growth process and through some really, you know, difficult times. And we haven't even talked about some of our, our bigger, you know, conversations and examples of like, when I wanted to eliminate child support, and that was a goal of mine and trying to navigate like what that means and why I wanted to do it and what it was going to look like financially when I, again, I think a lot of you might listen to this and be like, oh, well you have lots of money. So it's easier to have these conversations. That wasn't the case when we, when we started talking about money and combining, I really was not making that much money. I mean, I had like a thousand dollars in my bank account when Mark and I started to like do things together with our money, like and pay for things together. And so I, I do think that you can do this at any level and it Even though it might feel more stressful when you have less of an income, doesn't mean that that should be the reason I'm going to wait until I'm making more money to combine. Do it now because more money, more pressure, more problems, more expenses, right? It's like it doesn't actually get easier. So sooner the better and join Happening Sessions. and
1: Thank you so much.
0: Bye guys. Bye. Hey, hapsters. If you want to learn more about today's topic, head over to what'shappening.com forward slash podcast. That's what's happening. W-H-A-T-S-H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G.com forward slash podcast. If you're a business owner and you're resonating with what we talk about here, what are you even doing? Come hang out with me over where the party's at on Instagram at what'shappeningwjess. Again, that's happy H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G and book a discovery call to see if coaching is your next best step.